You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. I hope you enjoyed the bank holiday weekend and you're all set for tonight's show, which includes a visit to Jean McCormick at J Farm, a chat with Patricia O'Sullivan, Limerick Food Strategy Coordinator and Enterprise Development Manager with the Kantohar Development Group. We'll be getting a preview of the May issue of Easy Food magazine and there's also a report from last week's Food for Thought event at IT Tralee to look forward to. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please drop me an email to s.nunan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation and it's always great to hear from you, so do please get in touch. So to get us up and running this evening, we're going to hear from Patricia O'Sullivan. Patricia's job in West Limerick is twofold and I went to her office recently to find out what it entails. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Trish, great to be here in the Cantohar Development Enterprise Unit. Just describe it to the listeners where it is and whatnot. Yeah, so Cantohar Enterprise Centre is based out in Cleedy in County Limerick, about a 10-minute drive from Newcastle West. It's a former Kerry Group site and poultry processing plant that was closed down in 2005. And a very active community group um, essentially took over, I suppose, the running of the business park in 2005. Um, from a community point of view. So now it's community ran, but there are a number of um, thriving businesses here in the park, uh, six in total. You have BHSL um, here in the Enterprise Centre, but then in the wider park there is Strand Foods, Tara Cladding, Mary Barrett um, has a veterinary practice here. You also have um, EHS Consultants on site here. So it's a a very vibrant business park uh, just outside Newcastle West and we've very ambitious plans to also grow and extend the park. And what's your role? What's the job that you're involved in here? So here in Cantohar, I'm Enterprise Development Manager. So I'm working with the existing tenants on site here to, uh, in any way that I can help grow and support their business. So we have actually another business um, starting up uh, in the next few weeks, which would be um, Ecofuels by Mick McMahon. So um, that would be an example, I suppose, of a business that I would you know, be able to assist should they need any help as they grow and develop their business. Um, so working with existing tenants, but then also as we um, grow and develop the park, then I will be looking um, to attract new tenants to the park. So that's my role um, in Kentour. Then uh, another aspect of my role is working on the food strategy for Limerick, which was a document that was commissioned by Limerick City and County Council and published um, early uh, 2016. So I've been brought on um, in the role of food strategy coordinator and my main role is to implement um, the actions that were outlined in the strategy. The main aim of the strategy really is to grow and develop the food industry in Limerick, so to build on the existing work that's been done um, and then support uh, existing food businesses, but also then food entrepreneurs, so people that may be just starting out and looking to develop their food business. Um, My role really is to create an environment that will help them foster and grow their business, so be that through um, training through events that allow them opportunities to showcase their products 
um, also make them aware of the funding opportunities that are there and then um, on a, a much broader uh, uh, scale create a food network so get um, food businesses in the county working together collaborating together to strengthen Limerick as both a food destination but also as a, a place of origin for food so get Limerick out there on the national scale get it known for its high quality food produce um, its high quality restaurants and hotels and also um, we have a number of uh, prominent food festivals happening in Limerick this year um, you have the Riverfest which is an annual event and that has uh, a farmer's market as part of the weekend but then also this year you have the European Food Truck Festival coming to Limerick on the June Bank Holiday weekend the World Barbecue Championships are coming I believe in September and then um, there are also then a number of other more local events um, that would have a food focus um, and then uh, out in the county as well, not exclusively in the city, you have um, the Irish Coffee Festival in Fines. Um, and just to grow and cultivate that, um, I suppose, that kind of culture of promoting food in the county. Um, and as the tourism aspect as well will be developed to incorporate um, food into that. Your background is in food. Yes, I have a food background. Um, my most recent role was working with the Irish Dairy Board on a Kerrygold Irish cream liqueur. Um, so I worked on that in the European export markets, um, predominantly Germany, France and Denmark. Prior to that, I worked for a drinks company called First Ireland Spirits, who were based in Abbey Leaks. Um, and my role there would have been um, sales and marketing, business development in um, all international markets, uh, including the US and Australia. And uh, prior to that, again, I did the Borbia Marketing Fellowship back in 2010, which was a brilliant experience. I worked in the German market um, for four Irish food and drink companies who were looking essentially at the German market as a, an export market for their business. We've talked in the past on the, the show here with a previous participant on that programme and also just to send the message out that, that whenever they're recruiting for it yeah. and it certainly sounds like it's something that you enjoyed immensely. Oh, it was brilliant. It really was. Um, from a personal and a career perspective, it was an excellent opportunity. Um, I speak German, so it made sense that I would go to the German market, but to be an ambassador for Irish food and drink in the German market was just an amazing experience. Um, I think sometimes we underestimate uh, the the high quality of the food and drink that's produced here. Maybe we take it for granted as Irish consumers, but you really become aware of um, the quality of the produce that we as a country export when you're in a foreign market and you speak to German retail buyers and you know they know straight away that the product is going to be of a high standard and a high quality. Um, so it, it really made my job very easy. Um, because you could stand over the produce, produce that you're marketing and selling. In terms of Limerick then, what are the the unique selling points of Limerick whenever it comes to food and drink? Well, I think um, Limerick is synonymous with the Golden Vale. Um, and obviously it has its heritage with Limerick ham. But I think um, nowadays we need to we need to look at the food culture that's developing in Limerick. We've already spoke about the festivals, but we've also got some really high caliber restaurants and hotels and chefs. Um, 
and and work on that aspect so developing um limerick as a food destination i think limerick is um one of the largest cities in ireland and um, i don't think it's recognized as a food destination as of yet but i think there is a lot of initiatives currently underway a lot of people working to develop and promote limerick as a city as a weekend destination also attracting a lot of foreign direct investment attracting new businesses to limerick and i think that will also benefit the food culture in the city and in the county because people who are coming from international um, cities such as london or um say we have a lot of companies in limerick that have um, come from texas um so they will have different food experiences and they will also be looking for a different standard in food um and I think Limerick is meeting their and exceeding their expectations. So having a more vibrant culture and different people um, in the city is automatically going to uh, change the food culture. There's also then the, the milk market in Limerick, um, which is a, a brilliant resource for Limerick to have. Um, and great work is being done there. But I think as um, the food scene develops in Limerick, I think we're going to see uh, the milk market de- developing also. Uh, Cork is synonymous with the, the English market, and I think Limerick um, has the opportunity to do something similar with the milk market in Limerick. It's very important for you that people engage with you and make themselves known to you. What's the best way for them to do that? Um, well, they can contact me um, uh, here in Cantor. They can come and see me at any stage. Um, they, my email is patricia at cantorherdevelopmentgroup.com. I also will be in the next few weeks reaching out to the various stakeholders um, involved um, in the food industry here in Limerick, trying to create networks. So getting people coming together um, getting an opportunity to voice their opinions and their thoughts. And as I said, mentioned at the start of the interview, it's really important that people start collaborating and working together because it really is strength in numbers. And my role is to facilitate, um, you know, the views and the thoughts that these networks um, agree upon when they come together. Um, so I'm very much open to hearing from anyone at any stage. Um, also getting out there, visiting food businesses. Um, I've started to do a bit of that, but I certainly have a bit more work to do on that front. But I hope to get out and see lots of people over the next few weeks. We're also... Um, together with Leo, the local enterprise office in Limerick, hoping to do uh, a Limerick food showcase at the Capamore show in August. Um, it's it's the first, um, I suppose, collaborative event that I'm being involved in, uh, being so new in the role, but it's given me a good opportunity to make contact with the various food businesses and food producers in the county, and also then to gauge interest from people to see if they're interested in working under a, a I suppose an umbrella Limerick food brand um, which is something that I'll also be hoping to start work on in the next few months. I think you used a very important word there and it's about facilitating. You're not there to do it for them, exactly. you're there to facilitate exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm more than happy to, you know, listen to everyone's opinions and obviously help people out in any way I can, you know, steer them in the right direction. But my role is very much um, to facilitate and I suppose, as I said, to take the feedback and the thoughts and opinions of the food industry and bring it in front of the, the people who essentially can make the decisions on these things and 
plowed forward. And I would certainly be encouraging people to make contact with you, especially yeah. whenever it comes to the likes of the Camp and Moore show there. Do not be sitting waiting to get the phone call from wherever. If you want to be involved, exactly. you must stand up and say, please include me. How can I get involved? Exactly. What can I do? And, um, to get involved in the Cap and Moore show, the expression of interest forms are available from download on the Leo website. I have made contact with a lot of people, um, but I'm sure there must be one or two people that I hopefully or unfortunately um, may have missed. And I apologize if I have, but um, please do let me know. Um, you, you know, my email, as I said, is Patricia at CantorDevelopmentGroup.com. And I'm very happy to hear from anyone out there who's interested in participating in the show. So just to finish off then, you're very confident about the future of the Limerick food scene. You feel that there's a lot of potential here. Definitely, I really, really do. Um, you know, there really is so much happening in Limerick at the moment, um, even outside of the food scene, but food is obviously a very integral part of um, any experience for any visitor coming to Limerick, but also for people who live in Limerick um, as well. Irish consumers um, are very interested in purchasing local food. People want to know where their food's coming from. They want to know the heritage, the legacy of their food, you know, healthy eating, clean eating. Um, people are moving away from, you know, processed foods. So there's huge opportunities for um, those involved in the food industry in Limerick to capitalise on that. And the demand is there from, you know, consumers in Limerick um, for the produce that Limerick producers are producing. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on the rule and we wish you every success with it. Thank you very much, John. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. Just before the break, Trish O'Sullivan was explaining her role as Limerick Food Strategy Coordinator and Enterprise Development Manager with the Cantohar Development Group. And still to come tonight, we're going to be finding out about the latest Easy Food magazine issue with editor Caroline Gray. And I have a report from last week's Food for Thought event at IT Tralee to share with you as well. Next, though, we're going to head to the tranquility of J4 in West Limerick to talk to Jean McCormick. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. We're here, Jean, in the tranquility of J Farm, just outside Arda. You've been here just over a year, is it? That's right, Sharon. Um, J Farm is the name of our little place. Um, we've been here just over a year growing vegetables and fruits and salads. You are alumni from the Organic College there in Drumcolliher, so it's a good few years since you studied there. Yes, I'm, I've left about five years ago now, uh, but still have an interest in growing food uh, for myself primarily and uh, learning how to do it field scale, as they would say. Part of the course at Drumcolliher is you have to do a project where you create a product and your product would have been soaps, so you'd have been growing different produce to use in your soaps to create them? Yeah, we uh, I grew herbs um, at home and used those in my skincare line and uh, felt that because I was feeding myself organically uh, that it was important to, put, to, to look at what you were putting on your skin also, so the whole thing ties up together and and that but that's still a project that I, I do um, but it's it's um, seasonal, 
shall we say. Yes, unfortunately, we're not that good to ourselves that we'd be buying ourselves nice soaps on a regular basis, but you would certainly buy them for somebody as a gift at certain times of the year. Yeah, that's what it's, that's my demographic, it seems. And that's fine. You still continue to grow the herbs, not only for your soaps, but also to sell. Yeah, we're growing herb, uh, a lot of different herbs here. Um, uh, our own, like Irish type of herbs, older ones that people might have heard of. And um, uh, vegetables and soft fruits and salads. Let's talk a bit about the salads because your salads come in bags with mixed leaves in them and this is a product that a lot of people will see on a regular basis in supermarkets but yours is very, very different. Yes, ours are grown without pesticides. Um, We have a small little operation here, just two of us uh, doing everything. So we're trying to have a premium uh, product that's um, picked the morning that it's ordered and um, we're supplying two shops at the moment, um, Sonus in Newcastle West and Halo Foods in Listowel. Sometimes we might do a market in the summer or we also supply uh, an office in town. So we um, we get an order on a Monday and we'll just bring, it, bring them into the girls in the office who are on their health kick. That's a great idea now and these bags of lettuce I find are extremely useful to have in the fridge but they last so long. Not that they last long because they're not eaten but their shelf life is very good and that's because they're completely natural. They're natural and that's one thing that people, one of the things are people, the feedback that we're getting that it seems to stay uh, fresh for four or five or six days in the fridge. Whenever it comes to salad leaves people can be a bit traditional, can be a bit cost lettuce, iceberg lettuce. We have Lola Rosso, we have different types of rocket and we have about uh, 25 different varieties gone down now last week. Hopefully we would put um, a sample of each into every bag just so people could be introduced easily to them rather than a one bag of specific type of salad. So it's a real mix of hopefully up to 12 salads in each bag just to give a, a taster. And then if we feel that there's enough of demand we could narrow that down to a bag of this or a bag of that would be our our plan. You had a lovely leaf growing there in the polytunnel that I noticed. It has like a purple stalk on it and you said it's great for making coleslaw. Oh yes, a kohlrabi. So it's a purple um, bulb really that grows above the ground. Funny looking thing. Uh, it also comes in a bright green also. It's kind of a hard radishy uh, flavour. You'd grate it and make a slaw from it and it's very it's a nourishing um, I think it's a German variety um, it's not new to Ireland but some people will identify it and want that straight away other people don't know what it is but uh, it looks interesting in the garden in between the salads You said about soft fruits there and I'd imagine now when the strawberries come into season here they will there will be strawberries like strawberries that I remember growing up as a child. Full of flavour. Full of flavour. That again might be because they're not sprayed and they they grow quite big here. We'd have two different types and we'd also have uh, blackcurrants and gooseberries, um, autumn gooseberries, autumn raspberries and apples. It must be a very labour-intensive operation at this time of the year when everything is is in full swing. Yeah, it's full on. And it's difficult sometimes for two of us to get it all done. But when the weather's like this, it's a joy. 
And a vocation, I'd say. This is not something that you spring out of bed every morning, rubbing your hands together, <laughs> counting your money before you come out in all weathers. No, we, we never saw dollar signs in this area, but... Um, you know, if you can feed yourself properly, isn't that the? I find that a very luxurious thing to be able to know where your food is coming from. So your visits to the supermarkets would be few and far between, if at all. Yeah, they would, uh, just for the other um, basics that you wouldn't really be finding. But I would rather uh, go to markets and buy from suppliers. There's an awful lot in the country, and even in this town today, cheesemakers and. Bread, really good bread makers and uh, fishmongers that could fully trace everything they're selling if they're not, you know, uh, producing it themselves. They can tell you where. I think that's where we should get back to. What would you say to somebody that says, but it's so much cheaper to buy fruit and vegetables in the supermarket? Uh, we are up against that and um, there, there's... A lot of um, a lot of good stuff you can get out there also, but to know it's could grown in this country and even in this town, um, I think means a lot. And you're supporting local people, you're keeping in the money in the area, and you're keeping people in jobs. And quality, what would you say about that? Absolute, the quality is second to none. I mean, people can come up here and see what we're doing if they want to. And you can literally, it's literally picked the day it's ordered, which you can't really say that about the other stuff that's coming into bigger supermarkets. And we mentioned flavour there whenever it comes to the likes of the strawberries and certainly there's other vegetables there like your carrots for example that people might say I don't really like carrots you know they're not very flavoursome but certainly if you grow your own carrots or you buy locally grown carrots there's a huge difference in the flavour I think. There's a huge difference and I think sometimes if you are growing it yourself you do you've more interest in it and also when it comes to small kids if they're growing or helping you grow outside it it introduces them to other um, vegetables and foods that they mightn't have come across before and instead of saying oh no you won't like this which we've all kind of done at some stage you give them their own little patch or their own pot even and let them grow something and um, that that uh, that's a good introduction to them and they love a bit of responsibility and feel that that's their little patch and uh, I find that that works as well. It's a great idea, absolutely, just to get them involved and, as you say, to give them it's the ownership. It's outdoor and it's, it's a hobby and it's off the iPad and it's, yeah, it's a win-win, I think. Everything here is organic. It might not be organically certified, but it is organic as far as you're concerned. Yes, this this piece of uh, this plot we're on has been certified organic for a long time. Uh, we are in the process of that but we we would uh, we grow to organic standards and uh, we everything here is done with that in mind because that's the way we we've been trained. I wouldn't know how to grow any other way actually, so it's just kind of automatic. When you were doing your training at Drumcolliher, was this something that you envisaged or hoped that you would do in the future, that you would have your own plot to grow your own produce for commercial purposes? Well, I would have grown since I was a small child. Um, my grandparents grew their own, like a lot of people's grandparents out there back garden would have grown and uh, I was had a big interest in that so just grew stuff myself out my back garden and had a few hens in that and uh, I decided to do the course just so that I would know what I'm doing rather than trial and error you could everything is trial and error and you're learning it's a learning 
the whole, you know, you never finish learning about this kind of thing. So I went there into that and learned loads. And since I've got bees and got a little bit into that myself and just to... They do a lot of work for me in my own garden at home, but uh, to be able to be here in a bigger space is, is, is lovely, yeah. So what's the future? What's the vision whenever it comes to Jay Farm? Where do you hope to see it in about five years' time, say? The five-year plan yeah, yeah. is something that I don't think I ever do. <laughs> I think I stumble into a lot of different things. And um, that this, this uh, w- to be as busy as we are I- is great. Um, but we will never have enough room. I don't think we can always. You can always, you know, you use whatever room you want, and that's what we do. Uh, I'd love to see it get bigger, but um, that's more work then as well, isn't it? Well, listen, no better woman for the job, I'd Thank say. You. Congratulations on it. it's that's a great right. place. And if people want to find out more, uh, we have a Facebook page J Farm, and uh, as I said, they're selling in Sonus Health Shop and in Halo Foods in Listowel. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me out today, Jean. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. Just before the break, I was in the idyllic Jay Farm in West Limerick with Jean McCormick. And at the start of the programme, I met up with Trish O'Sullivan and Trish gave us an insight into her role as Limerick Food Strategy Coordinator and Enterprise Development Manager with the Contoher Development Group. If you're just tuning in to tonight's show, you can catch the full show later in the week on the podcast, which is on SharonNoonan.com, or you can have a look for it there in iTunes to download free of charge and you can also listen to it using the podcast app. Still to come tonight we have a report from last week's Food for Thought event at IT Tralee but before that let's Skype Easy Food magazine editor Caroline Gray to find out about the latest issue. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Caroline you're very welcome to the programme. We missed you last month. Yeah no I know it's been a there's been so much to catch up on easy food now. <laughs> and last month, the lovely editor was Nevin Maguire, uh, who's always a very welcome guest on the programme here. But tell us about the editor of the May issue. Yeah, so we've just gone to print with our May issue. So we're fully kind of getting into summer now. And we have Tara Walker as our guest editor. And she is she runs the East Coast Cookery School in Termenfacken, and she also appears on Saturday AM on TV3 as, you know, kind of a TV cook. And she's just released her first cookbook, which is absolutely fabulous. It's called Good Food, No Stress. So it's all about um, kind of, as she says, maximizing your return in the kitchen. So the time you spend in the kitchen, you know, she has great tips and recipes for using Um, a lot of store cupboard ingredients and kind of just staple kitchen things that you'd kind of be buying anyway, but just kind of revamping them into really new flavorsome recipes. So, you know, it's all about making sure that you always get a really nice homemade meal on the table every day, but with absolutely minimum stress and kind of just making sure that everything you're putting into the kitchen, you're getting great returns back on. Can you give us a few examples of some of Tara's recipes that are included in this issue? She has this really gorgeous kind of uh, like summery roast chicken in there that, again, children would absolutely just love. Families are, you know, it's kind of one of those. It's just kind of maximizing flavors on this. So kind of 
nice roast root vegetables and but really bright summery flavors kind of go into that and it's again it's just absolutely gorgeous um and then what else is in there uh oh some a lovely kind of thrown together kind of roast chorizo salad that um you know she kind of says herself that she sort of keeps a few staples in the cupboard at all times like she always has tins of beans and then she'll have kind of different salad leaves in the fridge and something like chorizo that's quite inexpensive but it'll just give you this really great flavor um she kind of throws these together with a nice like homemade vinaigrette and then she's like that way i can have a really tasty perfect summer salad and um you know it's stuff like this that we know easy food readers really love to have and you know when they have these bits in the kitchen already and they can whip up this really delicious meal in no time um, so that's why some of Tara's recipes are absolutely fabulous in this. Well, you mentioned salads there and we are nearly at salad season, all being well. I'd say some people are into yeah, it already. That's it. I think, yeah, we're we're, near, we're, we're easing into it anyway. <laughs> you must have some recipes in there then that are salad related. We do. Yep. Again, we're, we're getting into salads, but we don't want to make it, you know, too lighter. We want to make sure that people are still going to feel full from <laughs> the recipes we're putting in. So we have a lot of different just really nice seasonal recipes in the May issue. So we have a whole feature on uh, green beans and there's kind of a nice, even just a, this really nice fresh like niçoise salad uh, using green beans and hard boiled eggs and some nice Mediterranean flavors. Um, we also have this really nice feature just on watercress. And we learned after doing this that actually watercress is really at the top of you know, the list of superfoods because gram for gram, it packs in more vitamins and nutrients than literally anything else. So um, it's a great ingredient and has so much flavor. And it's great to know that it's actually so nutritious. Um, So we have a couple really nice kind of hearty salads in that feature as well. There's one that's absolutely divine. Um, Again, some peppery watercress, some, it's a baked salmon flaked in there. So it's a perfect kind of light summery dinner or absolutely great kind of at room temperature if you have leftovers for lunch the next day. Really interesting what you're saying about watercress because I certainly wouldn't have been aware of that and I love salads and you'd be putting the lettuce in but you'd be thinking well what am I getting out of this lettuce? You know I suppose the darker the better with the leaves and um, you know we kind of got some of this research in about watercress and we were we saw that claim that you know it's saying that it's at the top of this list of superfoods and I was like really so we kind of had to read through and so many of those dark leafy greens are so high up at the top you know things like rocket and spinach and watercress um, because you know again gram for gram um, what you're putting in you're they're really packing in a lot of great condensed nutrients so like that I mean we always love like when we're cooking if you have bits like um, you know even just baby spinach, if you're making a lasagna or a curry, throw a few handfuls in there because it doesn't really take up much room and it adds a nice flavor, but you're really, um, you're just packing in a lot of goodness. So like you said, if you're making a salad, it's good to have a range of different leaves maybe on hand. And if they're in your fridge and if they're already kind of rinsed and prepped and maybe just in a nice Ziploc bag, just pop them into a salad and you're really up in your nutritional content. And of course, to be eating what's in season and the leaves that are grown locally and everything, you're going to get so much more flavor then. 
that's the thing. I mean, this time of year, um, that's why we love doing these summer issues because there's so many things in season. So like I said, we have the green bean feature. We have a feature on, of course, fresh seasonal May strawberries um, and the watercress. You're going to get a really nice, gorgeous, fresh flavor off of these at this time of year because, um, you know, they're not traveling from far to get here or anything like that. So, um, you know, we're talking when it comes to salads, it's just using the just a few ingredients or as many ingredients, I suppose, as you want. But because they're fresh, you're going to get a much nicer flavor off of everything. So like you said, it's it's really the time of year for it. Not only are they good for you and it's kind of nice for the weather, but um, they're going to taste better now probably at any other time of year. And salad is an excellent dish to make if you're living by yourself. We actually have another feature in uh, this issue just kind of on budget meals, but they're actually all suited for one person. And um, it was from a cookbook we actually got in. And um, so each of the recipes are about the equivalent of like a euro or maybe two tops. So when you're cooking for yourself, you know, sometimes if you are cooking for one, it can be difficult to, you know, really scale down recipes. But these dishes in here, um, you know, there's even there's like kind of a really gorgeous aubergine doll and there's a... um, Oh, what else is there? I think like a sausage stroganoff. Um, some really gorgeous filling recipes that, uh, again, are completely tailored for one person. And um, also really, like you said, kind of nice and summery. And there's a gorgeous salad in there as well. So it's like you said, you can kind of, if with a few seasonal ingredients and just with a few kind of staples, you can really kind of make a gorgeous meal just for one person. I met a producer recently who's making sushi and he was telling me about the number of ingredients he uses oh, in a sushi, yeah. like not using too many compared to maybe some other commercial type sushis that's out there. And you yeah. have a five ingredient fix column there. So, yes. you know, they do say the less ingredients in a dish, the mm-hmm. better it is for you. I'd say definitely like we find that often because when you're focusing on just a few ingredients, you're going to really concentrate on what you're putting in there. Um, and so, like you said, we another feature in this issue is a five-ingredient fix. And there was one, and it was one of the most delicious things we tried, you know, when we were making it in the test kitchen. And it was just like a baked cod green curry. So just with, you know, cod, rice, green curry paste, coconut milk, and, uh, you know, maybe a bit of seasoning. We had this really gorgeous meal, but like that, you know, if you're only putting a few things into the dish. We wanted to make sure that we were getting a really nice curry paste and, um, you know, really fresh cod. And it's just, yeah, it kind of, you're cooking the food and you're getting everything prepped that much faster when it's nice and, you know, the ingredient list is to a minimum. Uh, but then you really do, you kind of you kind of get maximum flavor out of it because you're not just overwhelming it. And, and I suppose as well, if you're new to cooking or if maybe some of the longer recipes can be a bit intimidating. This is a great way to kind of ease into it and make yourself a really nice homemade dinner without, you know, kind of <laughs> making a disaster of the kitchen with 25 different things going into it. It's always great to plan ahead and think ahead about what you're going to have um, because, you know, you, I feel you eat better then. But the mm-hmm. area that you can fall down then is when you're out and about and you need a snack of some description Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to fall to the bag of crisps and the bar of chocolate yeah yeah that's the thing i know i think we're all guilty of that just you get kind of a you know a hunger pain and next thing you know you're reaching for a bar you pull over to the petrol station and see what they have but uh so that's why we you know we're we always find that in easy food office as well so we kind of did up a list of 15 just quick snack ideas and um you know there's 
midnight snacks. We got, so we have 15 ideas. There's midnight snacks, there's snacks on the go, and there's office snacks because sometimes you're just at your desk and you just want kind of something to nibble on. So just really easy, quick fix. You know, these aren't things that you're going to be like slaving over. It's more or less just throwing a bit, a few bits together and they're all perfect for, you know, if you want to pack it into a little container or a little baggie and just kind of have with you, you know, like that, even something like a snack, it's good to remember that it is something you're eating and it's something you're putting into your body. So, you know, it's for the time it takes you to run to the shop and pick something up. You could have maybe thrown yourself something together just with a couple of bits that are in the house as it is. And it's going to be really nice. You know, save the bar for another time, maybe. <laughs> well, finally, just to finish off, then your colleague Jocelyn sounds like she had a great job this month. Irish yes. fruit wine. What's that all about? Oh, it was gorgeous. So Jocelyn always does, um, you know, a nice column on like a local producer, some, you know, nice uh, Irish ingredients. And so, yeah, so she tried out the this strawberry wine and, um, you know, like in her column, she mentions how in Ireland, like we're not known as a, a wine producing country just because of the climate. But, um, you know, she did discover that using fruit wines or kind of making fruit wines is something that we're actually great at. And especially with strawberries, now that they're in season, there's this absolutely gorgeous uh, strawberry wine. And so she did um, kind of a nice feature on that. And then, of course, a really gorgeous kind of crab quiche that is perfect to pair with it. Kind of a nice summery picnic meal there. That's the latest issue. When can we get our hands on it? Perfect. Yeah. So that's just on sale uh, the 9th of May. So just gone to print. So it'll be out next week. Fantastic. Well, on that note, we'll say cheers. Caroline, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Great as always to chat to Caroline and we're going to move swiftly on now to the last interview of the evening and it's a report from last week's Food for Thought event at IET Tralee. When I was there I met Greta McCarthy O'Brien who has self-published a book about herbs, Victoria Foley who is a third year culinary arts student and who has developed a fantastic product which I think has huge potential and I also spoke to producers at the market Shane O'Leary from Cordial Cheese and Martin Kopeck from Dingle Sushi. Let's have a listen. Bon appetit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Greta, it's lovely to meet you here in Tralee IT at the Food for Thought event. And you're here with your book, Greta's Herbs, Growing Wild in the West of Ireland. Yes, thank you, Sharon. <laughs> it is very nice to be here, you know, and it's particularly because it's the hub of culinary expertise. And there are so many wonderful young chefs really I think coming out of this institution and um, so I'm very happy to be here yeah well when it comes to cooking herbs are a fundamental part of it how did you get into growing herbs yourself well I I trained initially in amenity horticulture in the botanic gardens in the 80s and really I suppose just I decided I'd like to specialize in something and um, you know the food business is such a a big thing now and it's so popular and herbs as plants even if you never use them they're beautiful to look at you know they're scented and they attract butterflies and honeybees and they're um, just a beautiful plant in its own right and then they have the added bonus of course of being multi-purpose having lots of usages and I would be um, a horticulturist who specializes in the growing of herbs but I wouldn't be a herbalist so the medicinal aspect would not be my forte even though I would have a, obviously a knowledge on medicinal plants 
and it, it just kind of developed. I initially uh, had a garden centre business in, up in Wicklow, and then when I moved to Kerry with young children, I kind of got back into rural life and got some land and set up my small nursery. And um, I think there is a scope for growing herbs. It's a very specialised area. There are not a lot of people actually doing it. And um, I suppose the book is really an effort to make herbs more accessible to everybody, really. A lot of people don't know. So the book captures all your knowledge and expertise. It's very detailed. There's photographs, there's text. What was the motivation for doing a book? Um, I was writing. I used to write a lot when I was young, and I used to write um, in Wicklow for the Wicklow Times, gardening articles. And um, my children, I used to write then for West Kerry Live magazine. I was constantly writing gardening articles on herbs. And it was my children said, why don't you write a book? So I got back into writing and wrote it over two winters. And uh, it was a long haul, though, trying to get it published. That's, a, that's another story. Um, and then my friends did, my friend Rob Beaton did the photography, another friend did the layout and design. And it just evolved. I've also um, thought, you know, that a lot of the herb books that are on offer for sale are very technical, and, and to me even, and I'm trained in, in horticulture, so I wanted something that was easy to follow, so I used a different kind of format. Um, it's broken into chapters, like you've the sun lovers, the shady characters, and I, 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 my story weaves through it as well, so I... I, I hope that it's a, I am told it's a kind of a light and maybe at times a humorous read. <laughs> Who's it aimed at? Who's your market? Who are you hoping will buy it? Well, a, bo a broad spectrum really. I, and I suppose uh, a main market here today would be your trainee and professional chefs because there are over 100 varieties and there's lots of varieties even people who are years cooking will not be familiar with. That's one aspect. Then I've got the your everyday cook. You know, I mean, I did the slideshow in class this morning. It was fundamentally female, uh, female attendees, but they, none of those were actually trainee chefs or chefs as such. They were all just regular housewives uh, or individuals who, who liked to cook and wanted to learn more about growing and using them. So it's that, and, and it's even like children. There's an aspect, there's a, f a, f a chapter on uh, growing for fun, like growing peanuts and growing cherry tomatoes and growing licorice stuff for children as well because I worked with children for 15 years on a project in Anaskal and uh, that's when you nurture the appreciation as well at that level and of course because herbs have scent and they're very tactile plants children seem to they appeal to children as well you know. Does the climate in Ireland lend itself to growing herbs? Absolutely, and I mean, I was quite amazed because the climate on the west is quite different from the east coast. It's it's milder, but it's much wetter, and and still, and a lot of herbs are from dry, mountainous regions of Italy and Spain, and they they will still, if they're grown here, they tend to adapt. But you do have to, in some instances, add sand or improve the soil. But like things like mint, um, oregano, rosemary. Um, they're all very easy and they'll actually reseed, they've reseeded because I'm, I'm a wild gardener 
I don't have time to weed. <laughs> and even then, if you don't have a garden, it's something that can be done very easily in pots and window boxes. Exactly, Sharon. I mean, you could grow a, a fantastic selection even in a small average window box. Our fish boxes are great. Um, and you only need to use a little of a herb because the flavours are so potent that, you, you, you know, they're very bountiful. So... So no excuses no for anybody excuses, out there not no, to do it. No. What's your favourite herb out of all of them? No, I've n- I haven't actually ever been asked that question. Are you serious? I haven't. <laughs> I love them all so much. It's kind of like, who is your favourite child? Um, I suppose I've, I've got a fondness for the mint clan. And, and, and that's because there are about 100 varieties because we have exciting ones like chocolate peppermint, lime mint, orange mint which is a new one this year and they're very easy like mints are invasive so you really need to keep them in pots and that um, so they're so easy to grow and you know I really can't answer that question there's a whole chapter on ornamental herbs like all the poppies I love oriental poppies and ladybird poppies and all of that as well so to me to, to use even in cooking I couldn't say. <laughs> uh, well, uh, for me now, being a mojito lover, I'd have to go for the iron mint. The mint would be the one that I would grow. Fantastic achievement getting the book published oh, and you. congratulations on it. If people want to get hold of a copy or find out more about you and your business, where should they go? Yeah, greshusherbs.com would be my website and it's for sale on that. I'm based in Anaskal. Um, visitors by appointment, just by appointment, please. And uh, it's also for sale in various shops on the Dingle Peninsula, like the Dingle Bookshop, Super Value, um, a lot of the petrol stations, the Milton Organic Store. These is this, you see all the outlets listed on my website, grisharris.com. Thank you, Sharon. Fantastic, lovely to talk to you, Greta. Victoria, as part of your final year project, you have invented a, a product. It's a bit like a seaweed pesto. It is a bit like a seaweed pesto. It, there's dillisk, there's carrots, courgettes, onions, mushrooms, tomato, garlic, and there's a small bit of white wine, extra virgin, olive oil, rosemary, parsley and sage. And it's just cooked down and blended. And it's for it's a product that's to be put into a product. So I'm calling it hidden goodness. So you can put it into cookies for children. You can put it into smoothies, guacamole, into um, pasta, into soups. And today for the showcase, I've put it into bread. Bread that you have made yourself. You just made it yesterday. Oh, yes, I made this yesterday. It's only just a basic yeast bread. And on top of it, there is just uh, a sprinkle of sea salt. In the product itself, there's no salt at all. It's dairy-free, gluten-free, it's vegan-friendly, nutritious. It's full of iodine and we're not eating enough iodine. No, most most processed foods are very little iodine. Most kids and even young adults are eating very little iodine. So one gram of seaweed per day is the recommended daily allowance of iodine. Whenever you were testing this, you have a small lady at home yourself. What was her yes. verdict? When she looked at it, she said, I'm not having that. So I put it in with a banana, a half an avocado and a good dollop of this and some iced water and I blitzed it and she loved it. The rest of the kids in the house loved it as well and it is very tasty because you get the sweetness from the banana, the creaminess of the avocado and you get the savoury from the the seaweed product and it's really, really nice. You have to be cunning whenever it comes to those children and trying to to get it into it. I've called it hidden goodness. (laughs) You have to hide it and it's good for you. (laughs) 
What's the next step for this product? Where do you hope to see it going? If if the product had to go further, it would have to go into science, the science lab because I don't know what the shelf life would be. It might be a day, it might be three days, it might be a week. I don't know what it would be. But because there is no salt in it and there's no preservatives in it, it's just vegetables. I, I don't know. It would have to go into the science lab. Okay, well, listen, best of luck Thank with it. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye out for it. Thank you very much. Sheehan, you're here today with the goat's cheese product. Tell us about it. Um, so I set up Coral Goat's Cheese. Uh, I launched in the 27th of November in 2016 inside the Killarney um, Christmas market. And since then, I've been selling into shops. And after Christmas, I started selling into food service. So I'm in hotels such as the Europe in Killarney, um, the Rose Hotel in Tralee, and um, Ava Jones Restaurant in Listowel. So it's a broad range of uh, food service around Kerry now since Christmas. So. It's, it's a soft goat's cheese and yeah. you have three different varieties. Yeah, so I do the original um, goat's cheese. I have garlic and thyme and honey and chilli as well. So it's um, an Italian style recipe, so it's not matured. The cheese is matured, so it's quite mild. And it's um, cultured then with a lactic acid buttermilk, which gives it a kind of a citrusy tart flavour then as well. So. Do you have a farming background yourself? Um... Yeah, my family are from a farm. Personally, I don't. My background's been food, so I started... um, I've been working in restaurants since the age of 15, and I went on to do um, food business in UCC. And from there, then, I went on to work in Prestige Foods in Listowel in quality control. And then I went on to work in new product development in Fallon and Ballyverney. So... um, there I developed 22 products for retail for the likes of Little Aldi, Duns and Super Value so it was a great experience to get um, from take a product from idea stage up to launch on the shelf as well. And at what point then did you see a gap in the market for your goat's cheese? Um, I was at a, a trade show in Paris um, as part of work and I tasted a different variety of ghost cheeses and came home and looked into ghost cheeses on the market just as a consumer that I could purchase and noticed that there was 19 cheesemakers in Cork at the time, a mix of cow and ghost cheesemakers and at the time there was only three in Kerry and no ghost cheesemakers. Tell us about your ingredients then, where do you source them from? So at the moment I get my milk from um, up near in the Midlands, up near Kilkenny so I found it very difficult to get a goat's milk producer in Kerry. So I, I collect it every week from up in the Midlands, so I'm hoping to get someone closer to home in the near future. And then um, the product, is it's very natural, so it has the milk, the rennet, the culture, and then salt for flavour, and obviously the, the flavour, the honey and chilli and the garlic and thyme then put in. So no preservatives or anything like that. And when you get those ingredients then, you have a facility in Fireys, is it? Yeah, so the Kerry Food Hub, I, um, I moved in there in November, so I make the cheese there, collect the milk every Monday, and um, the cheese is made then by Thursday evening, Friday morning. Like I said, I don't mature it, so it's um, it's in a quite mild flavour, so it's, it's delivered then on Fridays out the door. You're a Kerry man yourself, I yeah. presume? Yeah, born and bred, yeah. Well, listen, best of luck with it. If we want to get more information or to buy it, where can we get it? Um, Stockets. At the moment, I'm on the Musgraves, the Super Valley Food Academy, so I'm hoping to be in there in the next few weeks around Kerry. And um, you can you can purchase it then in the likes of Centra and Far and Four. There's Chef Gerard's in Castle Island. And it's um, if you follow the Facebook page, you'll see where the product is stocked and which menus it's on as well. Um, the page is facebook.com forward slash cordial cheese. You'll find me on Twitter as well. Um, it's cordial cheese as well. And the email address, if anyone wants to contact me, is cordial cheese at gmail.com. Fantastic. Best of luck Perfect. with it. Thanks for
Martin, you're from Dingle and you're making sushi in Dingle, which a lot of people might not know. When did you start the business? I know we started a business three years ago. We are making it in Dingle. We are trying to use as many local ingredients as possible. So our salmon, mackerel and crab meat, uh, they're all from uh, local suppliers. We're also using a tuna from Donegal. That's the uh, albacore white tuna. Where are you from yourself? You don't sound like you're from Dingle originally. No, I'm originally from Poland, uh, but I'm living in Dingle for the last 11 years. And uh, sushi is very popular in my country, so that was one of the reasons when we try to mm, show it to the, to the Irish customers. And tell me, do you have to do a lot of training to become a sushi? Is it a sushi master? Is that the correct term to call somebody that's an expert in making sushi? It is. I'm a sushi chef myself. I won't call myself master. It takes uh, many years of practice and you also need um, sushi master, master to teach you. Um, I had over 80 hours practice with one of the best uh, Polish sushi masters, so that gave me some skills to start. Sushi is quite popular now in places like Dublin, for example, but maybe outside of the city it might not be something that people would be as interested in. Did you think, were you taking a huge risk starting this business? Uh, yes, it was a bit hard at the beginning and maybe that's the reason why we are only a uh, producer in Kerry. Uh, it takes a while to, to convince people to try it. Um, the main thing, because health and safety regulations, all the, the fish we're using is smoked or cooked. Um, and that um, the reason why our customers feel much more confident uh, to, to, to try it. So a lot of tastings, um, a lot of festivals and markets, and that helped a lot. It is a healthy option, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, like one of our um, sushi sections we're selling, it's only around 200 calories. Um, and that was our idea, to make it as, as simple and healthy as it possible. Do you have a favourite yourself? Which one do you like the most out of all of them? I, it's changing. There's um, sometimes a mackerel is my favourite, some other it's a tuna. Now one of my favourites is a pickled mackerel. It's just four ingredients, uh, mackerel, vinegar, uh, salt and sugar, actually five, and cab juice, a bit of cab juice. So very natural, very intensive. Very nice. Are you selling into any supermarkets or shops? Yes, but only in County Kerry at the moment. The uh, reason of that is um, we're not using any preservative except uh, vinegar. So uh, we're delivering three times a week fresh sushi to the local super value shops. We're the part of the Food Academy. Then you can find us in uh, some of the local fish shops as well. Fantastic. Well, I know it's a delicious product. So um, congratulations on the business. Very innovative, which we always love to see. And best of luck with it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Fantastic event. I was delighted to take part in the panel discussion with Lizzie Lyons and Louise Brosnan. So thanks to the organiser for having us and to everyone who came along. Now, before we finish up tonight, I have details about two upcoming cookery demonstrations. They're both fundraisers taking place next Wednesday, the 10th of May. The lovely Nevin Maguire is doing one for Kilcornan National School in the Dunraven Arms. If you visit the school's website, kilcornanns.ie, all the details are there. And Catherine Fulvio is in the South Court Hotel and she's doing hers for St. Paul's School in Duradoyle. And their website is stpaulsduradoyle.ie. 
cookerydemos.ie. So as you know, Cookery Demos are always a great night out and these are both for great causes. So do please support if you can. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks for listening and to my guests, Trish O'Sullivan, Jean McCormick, Caroline Gray, Greta McCarthy O'Brien, Victoria Foley, Shane O'Leary and Martin Kopeck. Next week's show is going to focus on the burn with guest presenter Brigitte Hedden Curtin. So until then, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!